You're listening to the Finch and the Pharaoh. I will turn into Leafs Twitter wanting to fire my Babcock if they lose on Tuesday night. The Finch and the Pharaoh. This is the Finch and the Pharaoh. On Spirit Live. Welcome to the Finch and the Pharaoh. My name is Jackson Pharaoh. Alongside me is Zach Finch. Today we are live on Spirit Live audio, video, and on Periscope slash Twitter, however you want to call it. Um, So hello if you're watching on that, and if you're just listening, well, hello to you too. Um, Before we get started on today's show, um, some news came down earlier this afternoon that kind of, it's history in the uh, Canadian sport media landscape. Don Cherry has been fired from Sportsnet after 38 years on CBC slash Sportsnet. He's seen the game change. He's seen the broadcasting world change. Um, And this was the straw that broke the camel's back. He made some divisive comments on Saturday. um, And that's it. Now, you know, we're not going to really give our two cents on the matter. We don't really feel like we need to. Um, You know, at least speaking for myself, Zach. But um, you can't write um, the history book of hockey in Canada without a chapter on Don Cherry. Exactly. And, and that's all we're going to leave it at. Um, Don Cherry did a lot for hockey in Canada. He is a hockey historian. And that's it. That's yeah, all we really have to day, say. That's, that's the story. But uh, transitioning now into the show, because we got a, quite the lineup ahead today. First of all, we're going to touch on the Raptors. They had a big game against the Los Angeles Lakers last night. Had a big win. The bench performed to the max also the Leafs did not perform in the first half of the first period at least as they end up losing to Chicago five to four lots of stories within that story we'll make sure to cover those and then we're going to touch on the NHL power rankings followed by the NFL and our Ryerson Rams recap but to start things off we're going to play some Raptors voice guy take it away It's time for some Raptors talk on the Finch and the Pharaoh. All right. Thank you, voice guy. Yes, we are talking Raptors, and they played a Los Angeles Lakers team that won seven in a row after losing opening night. And, man, did the Raptors look good, especially their bench. You know what? I, I think this team just knows how to close out games no matter what no matter where they are no matter who they're playing doesn't matter if it's LeBron and company they this team is now battle tested after an awesome playoff run and last night I was just watching them you know they were up 10 they were up six and and LA was kind of pushing a little bit late with about 340 to go and I was thinking you know what I'm not concerned no I don't think anyone was concerned especially with the way uh the aforementioned bench was playing it looked like Chris Boucher and Pascal Siakam were superior to guys like LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who were on the floor when the Raptors bench was on, and they couldn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, there was one point where, um, especially late, Anthony Davis went for a, a big rebound. It was a focal point, and Siakam just flies in there and snags it from him. And that was, as a Raptors fan, like that is just that's like Viagra. <laughs> you love to <laughs> you know see it. I mean? You love to see it. That is phenomenal. Where Siakam, you know, the max money. He's pulling his weight, man, and he's he's giving the AD his lunch on AD's home turf. Yeah, and I think this was just a case of next man up for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Take in, they beat the Los Angeles Lakers without Lowry and without Serge Ibaka, two pivotal guys on that roster. And the fact that the bench was able to pick themselves up and pick the whole team up really goes to show that this Raptors team, there's more than what meets the eye. 
especially according to a lot of other sources, as, again, they've obviously been struck down by the media, not really considered a championship team. But I feel like this is a statement win for the Raptors, wouldn't you say so? Absolutely, and I think that statement continues through this L.A. road trip. When you have the Lakers last night, you beat them, and now you got the Clippers tonight. We're going to touch on that a bit later, but both these games, statements. So to even just get one, huge, and you're, and you're super pumped about it. Yeah, absolutely massive, and someone who also respected the bench was the man himself, Fred Van Vliet. Here is him post-game after the Raptors-Lakers game. A lot of heart, um, a lot of character, and a lot of mental fortitude to come in every day and keep working regardless. Because the easiest thing to do is to feel sorry for yourself. Some of those guys do deserve to play. They're good enough to play. It just might be a guy in front of them that's just a little bit better, that's a little bit more experienced. And um, that's how it goes. But, you know, this, this NBA game is so fickle, and injuries come and go. And um, we got two of our main guys out, so there'll be some opportunities. We need to get some guys on the floor anyway so um you know we got to use this and uh, use this stretch to develop those guys and you know it's not always going to look as pretty as it did tonight but uh you know Fred Van Vliet a guy who you know he's just he's such a dog I love watching Fred Van Vliet play Van Vliet I should say I love watching him play 23 points 10 assists and you know the Lakers came in on a bit of a heater too Zach on you know seven game winning streak and you just, this is, it's such a great, you know, grind it out. They really didn't, they shouldn't have won the game. The odds were against them. They were clear under, I mean, L.A. have won seven straight. Toronto's on a Western Conference road trip heading into L.A. And they're without, like you mentioned, Ibaka and Lauer. Like, this should have been uh, easy money, easy game uh, for the Lakers to win. But, man, this Raptors team, they're proving their might. And they're proving that they you don't mess with these young guys. They are not to be taken lightly. Yeah, no, and speaking of young guys, we talked about that bench, and I just want to say that was probably the best bench performance I've ever seen from the Raptors, even dating before the bench mob mm-hmm. back in, what was it, 2017, 2018. You look at guys like, like Boucher, I mentioned him before, 15 points. This guy was an absolute machine, and then three blocks. A couple of those were on LeBron and Anthony Davis. That's that's no stat to just overlook. Chris Boucher definitely getting his opportunity to shine with guys like Ibaka and Lowry out of the lineup. And again, next man up, next man up. Guys like Davis, 13 points. Awesome. Hall- mm-hmm. Hollis Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Just guys consistently contributing mm-hmm. to the team. And that's what the Raptors are. They are a team. And that's what I think separates them from the others because other teams have their superstars and they have the guys who are role players, but mm-hmm. the Raptors are just a team as a whole. Absolutely. Like they've they have such a good system. Nick Nurse is a phenomenal coach. He's been able to instill such a nice little rotation and just the way they play, they have a style, they have a blueprint. And it really is a next man up mentality because of that. It's like just go to your job, do this, and we're gonna be okay. And you let guys like Siakam and Van Vliet and even, you know, Davis and how about Matt Thomas? There's another guy. Yeah. Who just do your thing. Get your points where you can. And don't worry about how it looks or, or the name on the back of your jersey. Worry about the name on the front because at the end of the day, that's what matters. And another win for the Raptors here is they look to uh, head into, well, stay in the Staples Center. Los Angeles, yeah. <laughs> so weird how that works. But they're going to go back to the Staples Center, go back to the well, looking for another game to win against the Clippers. But Chris Boucher, former St. Hubert worker, in, uh, in, uh, there's a little fact. Yeah, in Quebec. And next thing you know, he's 
scoring 15 points for the Toronto Raptors in the Staples Center. That's Isn't insane. Nuts. Absolutely insane. The slim duck himself. <laughs> Who knew? Slim duck. I like that. But but yes, um, they are staying in L.A. And mm-hmm. they move on now to, I guess, the lesser of the Los Angeles teams, at least in the eyes of mm-hmm. California. Mm-hmm. The Clippers always living in the Lakers' shadow. But it seems this year they might be poised to break ahead of the Lakers. Uh, obviously, Lakers are 7-2 now. Uh, currently still in first in the Western. But nonetheless, the Raptors and Kawhi facing off for the first time since the, we don't need to say it, since the championship. It's going to be a big game. I think it's a shame that Lowry and Ibaka aren't there. So I do not consider this the rematch of the Raptors and Kawhi. I consider the game in December where Kawhi, first of all, comes home. He gets his ring. He gets serenaded by the crowd. I would assume a standing ovation. I would expect nothing less. And I think it's a shame it's not a full roster, but nonetheless... Raptors taking on their former superstar. Yeah, that's you make a good point about how Ibaka and Lowry aren't in the lineup. So it's like, okay, the Clippers probably going to mow them down tonight. Or they probably will. Like, to be honest. Well, the, the Lakers thought the same thing. I guess. But the Raptors, you know, they're they're on a back-to-back now. That travel, that jet lag is going to start to kick in. I think the fact that they're in L.A. helps. They're I guess, in the exact yeah. same stadium. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Clippers are also a good team. Yeah, they're way better defensively, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I just think, well, especially once they get Paul George added to that lineup, but yeah. I feel like, especially with Kawhi leading the bunch, it's mm-hmm. it's definitely in the favor of the Clippers, definitely the betting favorites going into it. But I wonder if Kawhi just puts up 50 tonight, just for fun. Just to say, screw just you. To, yeah. I don't even think it'd be a screw you, guys. He's too nice. I think so, but I, I think there's going to be a chip on his shoulder tonight. I absolutely because he heard he hears stuff he heard what people were saying about him on the way out and it was mostly good what were people saying about him on the way out well people were oh you know you left a championship team you left all this and hey you went home good for you but you know there's still people there's still animosity let's not pretend that there's no animosity in this country about Kawhi leaving yeah I feel like everyone understands why he left though do they why would you leave a championship team after you could okay but there's a little more to it than just going home. Mm. LeBron left home to go to L.A., right? Yeah, that's, LeBron's a different person. They're two I, transcend, transcendent talents. Yeah, I don't think talent matters. It all comes down to the human being at the end of the day. Okay, and I'll I think, give you that. I think a guy like Kawhi, you know, a uh, family man, keeps to himself. I don't think we need to uh, say that any more than uh, we have already. But Kawhi, quiet guy, likes to be in familiar territory, and that's Los Angeles. Yeah, but I'd make the argument. I mean, I think he liked San Antonio, right? Thank you. At least, in, at least until the end. Yeah. Yeah. That, but that was. Yeah, that's a different days. story. I hear you. I think my point is just, I think he's definitely. This is something that he circles on his calendar. You know, the first time he's playing the team he won a championship with, right? Oh yeah, no, don't don't get me wrong. This is definitely, like you said, a date that Kawhi circles on his mm-hmm. calendar. A date that the Raptors circle on their calendar mm-hmm. because I think it, they're gonna go tit for tat i think siakam mm-hmm. and uh Kawhi, it's it's quite the matchup it's it's going to be interesting to see how uh the mvp of the 2019 <laughs> nba finals is going to compete against the raptors team who just proved to their los angeles counterparts that they can beat tough teams and especially without two of their i guess you'd say two of their better players yeah two veterans two yeah. leaders right it's going to be interesting because, I, like I just mentioned, I wonder if this team is gassed. But if they're not, then 
you got to remember, Zach, the, the Raptors are seven and two here. Like they've had a really nice start with injuries, with Gasol looking, you know, questionable at best. Do you think it's the calm before the storm? Oh yeah, I think it's still going to be a rough patch at some point. It may be like maybe not tonight because I think tonight, I like I think the boys will be fired up. I think tonight's more about the moment. Yeah. Instead of the game. Yeah. So. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen tonight. I would, if I had a bet, I'd say the Clippers probably take it. But, you know, I, I think that. I, know, I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. I think that they're going to battle till the end, unless uh, those gaps in the Raptors mm-hmm. lineup really come to fruition today mm-hmm. against the Clippers, like you said, on a back to back night for the Raptors. Yeah. And the, La- like, the Lowry injury really, really hurts because Lowry is, like, you watch them play now without post Kawhi era. There's like Lowry is a focal point on that offense. Like, yeah, Siakam's doing his thing and so is Van Vliet, but they are the scoring options. Lowry is the one still doing his thing out there, being a bulldog, getting in there, um, distributing, doing what he has to do to get this team to win ball games. So with him out, he's also like if they if there were captains in basketball, Lowry would probably be the captain of the team, right? Yeah. There I don't think there's any question. So I think that's an element too. It's like, you know, couple leaders aren't on the floor and you're going up against a guy who you know it's like it's like you're like your ex you know what I mean there's just yeah a lot of different layers to this tonight and it's gonna be fun to watch like it's gonna be great theater oh my god yeah especially under the lights at Staples Center which I wanted to bring up I just I noticed this watching the Lakers game last night I love how Staples Center puts the spotlight on the court and kind of blacks out the audience mm-hmm. I love that it is like a performance, as you said, whereas I feel like most other stadiums in the NBA, everything's lit, so you can see the fans, which is great and all, but I everything's mean, lit. everything is lit in LA, or not, or everywhere <laughs> except LA, yeah. I screwed that one up, but nonetheless, my point is, I loved how Staples Center does that, it just adds a little more of a spectacle aspect to the game. Yeah, very Hollywood. Right? Yeah, exactly. Just a little side point I had there. Yeah, no, a good point you make, and I, yeah. I agree, and I think a uh, a lot of people would agree. And, hey, tonight, if you're watching the Raptors game, which I would hope you are if you're willing to stay up and watch, yeah. definitely take a look. This is a great excuse to stay up your bet, stay up past your bedtime. Absolutely. Even if you have an early morning tomorrow, come on. You're talking about the come NBA champs. Come, yes, come on. Um, <laughs> so, considering all that, considering the Clippers game tonight, the Lakers game last night, touching upon how the Raptors... You know, the return back to facing your ex and what this means to the team. My perspective, I think Nick Nurse is going to have the lads fired up. Like, he's going to he's gonna have this. That, this is bulletin board material. Like, he left you guys to come here. So, beat him in his own barn and prove to him that he shouldn't have left. That is the, the pregame. And speech. if the Raptors do end up with the win, I think that sends <laughs> shockwaves Questions around will the be NBA. Yeah. And, again... Why, I don't even know why I'm saying this. The game hasn't even happened yet. But yes, to your point, I think he does get the boys fired up. I think the boys are fired up regardless of who they're playing. But I think Kawhi, again, seeing your ex, it uh, it brings out a little extra something-something in the fellas. And it'll be interesting to see tonight the Raptors and the Lakers play at, what, 10 o'clock tonight? Or no, 9 o'clock, actually. 9.30, something so, like that. Yeah, 9, 9.30. So honestly, not too late. Uh, if you're up, definitely watch it. This is going to be primetime television. And... That's about it. all we got for the Raptors. But there's a lot, still much more to talk about here on the Finch and the Pharaoh. Jackson Pharaoh, Zach Finch here. We have the lease coming up. So, voice guy. Now it's time for the Finch and the Pharaoh's take on the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
Well, it looked as uh, voice got a little bit of sleep there, but... Uh, yeah, and then he came back and he screamed in the ears of all our poor yeah, listeners. Yeah, no, he was just startled by the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, voice guy, I apologize. I should have let you know yeah. sooner, but... Nah, don't worry about what, it. Voice what, whatever, it happens. Anyway, Toronto. This guy's nuts. After losing to Philly in yep. a shootout on Saturday, they come back on a back-to-back in Chicago where... If you watched the first period, you thought this game was going to be completely somewhere else by the end of the game. The Chicago game or the Philly? Uh, Chicago game, yeah. Chicago, yeah. I Based mean, on the first 10 minutes. Well, no kidding. 3 nothing after <laughs> in the first period. And it's like, with the backup in on the second half of a back-to-back with travel. <laughs> yeah. It's like, have fun, lads. Like, but like, might as well just, you know, forfeit and go home. But hey, you know what? They put up a fight. Yeah, no. They definitely put up a fight and... They made it interesting. 5-4 was the final score for Chicago. And going back to that first 10 minutes, I feel like there was a lot that went down that basically got the Leafs started on the wrong foot. First things first, Jonathan Taves sticking up for Brandon Saad after Muzzin absolutely pummels him into the boards. In my opinion, that's a clean hit. But John Tavares sticking up for his teammate gets the extra two and... The Leafs do absolutely nothing with that power play. Zero shots. The Chicago Blackhawks go the other way and score on the first shot of the game. And that was really the start to it all. Absolutely. And I love that from Jonathan Taves. Like, if he's my captain, I love that. You want that. Because fighting is dying Mm -hmm. in hockey. It's been a conversation for a long time. And I want to uh, propose the question, why is fighting dying because in my opinion I think fighting should be a part of the sport because it really shows that you give a damn about your team Jonathan Taves gave a damn about Brandon Saad clean hit or not I think fighting should be in the NHL I think fighting is a staple in the game it's the only sport you can really fight so why not use that yeah I think it just comes down to the fact that the game is faster there's less big guys less guys willing to fight I think there's a couple things too you look at you know the CTE concerns look at a guy like Derek Bugard right his life got ruined by fighting you know, Bob, like Probert, there's a, there's a lot of guys, right? And it's, I'm not saying that I like fighting or don't like fighting. Like I enjoy a good fight once in a while too. Like the Ryan Reeves fight, um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. That was awesome. Whoever Ryan Reeves fights, it's, I feel bad for you. It's instantly, uh, a Saturday night tilt. He's, he's easily like the, probably like either him or Tom Wilson, probably the toughest guys in the league. Yeah, I'd say so. So there's a couple guys in the league who still do it. But it's different because those guys have to be able to skate. Those guys have to be able to play. Like, Tom Wilson's a good player, right? So you mm-hmm. have to be both. Like, but he's also big, so he has the ability to fight. Mitch Marner's not going to be fighting. Matthews, he's big enough, but he's not a fighter, right? Guys just don't, it's just not the style You just don't anymore. do it, but I feel like as a captain, you should stick up for your teammates. And Jonathan Taves, a guy uh, who would also fall into the category of a guy who doesn't usually fight, he, he dropped the miss, and he did not hesitate, and I love to see that from a captain. I think he earned a lot more respect from myself and many others, and it just shows that he cares about his team. At the end of the day, he gave a damn, and it got his team fired up and got them out on a hot start. I, I guess you can also look at uh, Hutchinson in terms of that hot start for the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, I, I mean, I, when you watch the highlights, it's I always find it hard to blame goalies like because it's like there's such that balance like well defense played good defense played bad in front of you or like on the first goal it wasn't really his fault no it was a a weird bounce off uh, off a skate like and Riley Riley and CC weren't communicating that pairing needs to (laughs) needs to just go go. already yeah so I mean I like both the players but just 
can you not like make a change, Mr. Babcock? Like, yes, sorry, sorry. honestly. But. Anyways, the point is like, yes, that the first goal hard to blame him. So, you know, you look at the score five four, and even honestly, like the third goal wasn't great. The Kane backhander, I think it was the third goal where he shelves it. Yeah, it was ten seconds after the second, right? Right. Yeah, so you, you hate to see that. You need it. You kind of want a save there, right? And and the fifth goal, the fifth goal, you need a save there. Yeah, that was right. a weird one because uh, I believe it was Trevor Moore who was on on Jonathan Taves' tail. And, on Doc, yeah. And he, or oh, yeah, Doc. Yeah. But yeah, Doc. And he lost his man. Yeah. Right. And at, at the end of the day, that's what happens. And I think Hutchinson's positioning wasn't all that great. He was sliding left and right. But I, I, I agree with you in terms of it's not entirely Hutchinson's fault. At the end of the day, it has to get through five guys before it gets to the goalie. Exactly. And at the end of the day, the Leafs just couldn't defend. But... They were pretty good on offense, if you ask me. They they poured 57 shots, I believe, on Robin Leonard, and Leonard stopped 54 of those. What a performance from Leonard. Yeah, I mean, Vesna finalist last year, this guy's phenomenal. And he, especially late, like late in that game when the Leafs were pushing, when they were down, um, he was phenomenal. Chicago was, well, less phenomenal because it was in their end the whole time. But Hutch, or, um, Leonard, phenomenal last night. He must have been tired. Yeah, honestly, the Leafs were just peppering them. 26 shots in that third period. And when it looked like they were out, all of a sudden they come right back and they get a quick goal on the power play with, I believe it was around 40 seconds left. And that set up this final play. It was very hectic. It's Jim Houston on the call. Duncan Keith feverishly trying to clear it. Can't do it. Matthews shoots. Leonard might have got a piece of that. It's wide. Barry throws the puck at the net. Green light on. Horn sounds. Hawks win. Yeah. Uh, good call there, by the way, by Jim Houston. But, yeah, um, definitely a big frantic push at the end. Matthews had that one chance. I thought he was going to snipe it. Didn't end up happening. Uh, but Nylander looked good. Nylander looked good last Nylander night. Nylander had himself a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. The past and couple games have been good for him. He lo- he's, lo- he's looking good. He's getting in a groove. Maybe Babcock benching him worked out. But, uh, yes, phenomenal um, effort by the Leafs, at least in the last, um, you know, especially 20 minutes. You just want them to start on time. Yeah, I think, right? honestly, it's this game is all Toronto for 50 minutes. And it's just that 10-minute start that put them off, like I said, on the wrong foot. And they were never quite able to recover. They just couldn't get over that hump. And again, the fi- the fifth goal, you need a save there. You need a save, and that's that's the thing. That's when, that's what separates the, from the starter from the yeah. backup. Because backups are good goalies. They're in the NHL for a reason. Yep. But the good goalies make the save when it matters. They make a couple saves each game that they're not supposed to. Exactly. Right. And he didn't really do that last night, uh, Hutchinson, and then he. He got waived today, right? Yep. It was uh That is harsh. It's 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 rough. You know, he never I don't want to say he didn't get a chance because he had a couple games, but as we talked about earlier, sometimes it's not all the goalies' fault and I don't think it was Hutchinson's fault last night, but nonetheless, the Toronto Maple Leafs waived him today. We'll see what transpires with that in the next couple hours, I guess. I don't know. Do you think someone picks him up? Probably not after that showing. And I think his like last five games, he's allowed like five goals, four goals, five goals, and then five goals last night. I'd assume that nobody would take him unless yeah. they really need a goalie, unless they have like two injuries kind of thing. Chances are he'll go down to the AHL. 
and try to work his way up, you know, and work with the goalie coaches down there and work with the development staff. And the Leafs are going to have to find something in the meantime, whether that's in the form of Casimir Kaskasuo, who I think they called up, or um, or doing something with, I think they called him up uh, today. But there, he's not the solution. He's he's not no, ready. He's for the a temporary show. solution, and you know, there's a lot that needs to be dealt with with this Toronto Maple Leafs team. And one thing is the coaching. We brought it up briefly with Mike Babcock, but there was a stat last night where I believe it was like Austin Matthews and William Nylander both played around 21 minutes, which is uh, a decent amount for guys of their caliber, and especially in a game where you're down for almost the entire game. And Mike Babcock actually had this to say afterwards. Take a listen. Well, I mean, I thought they were dominant. I thought King's line was dominant, and I thought they were dominant. And, you know, I, play, I played them way too much, uh, but they were dominant, and they, and they played well, those guys. William, is it just the accuracy of his shot is a little better now? Is it a well, I just think obviously right now he's 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 battling way harder, so he has the puck way more, and then you end up with more shots, and then you score a bit, and you get more confidence, and now you're hitting your spot because you you take the time you need to hit your spot. Well, one thing from Babcock that I do like is that there is times where he'll acknowledge that you know the guys who he's harped on have done well, and he'll he's willing he's willing to give credit, right? Um, but if you're like, a Leafs fan, you still are a little pissed at Babcock because they don't start on time. That's the biggest thing for me, anyways. Yeah, and w- like what I took from that interview was him saying, "I I played those guys too much." Right. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't play those guys too much. You see McDavid, who gets 26 minutes a game. Although uh, McDavid is a completely different player in a different in a completely different organization, but still, Austin Matthews, William Nylander. Guys like that, the guys who were keeping you in the game, every time they were on the ice, they were producing at least scoring chances, and you played them too much in a game where you needed to play your star players to crawl your way back into this game. I think it's a, it's a situation where the Leafs are being overcoached at this point. We've talked about Mike Babcock in the past. I'm starting to flip over to Leafs Twitter right now. I'm starting to flip to Leafs Twitter Uh-oh. because Mike Babcock is just starting to get on my nerves just a yeah. little bit mm-hmm. right now, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's definitely, it's it's kind of like, it's like if someone's just, if you have like a sunburn and someone's like quietly scratching away at it. At first, <laughs> it's not annoying, but after about 20 minutes, like you want to sucker punch them. Exactly. Right? And it's just a slow burn, but, and that's got kind of a cryptic comment now that you pointed out, Zach. For me, I'm like... I'm not opposed to that comment, but at the same time, I'm like, why are you, why are you bothering to say these things and give the media this kind of ammunition? Yeah, what was the point of that? Right, that's something you can keep to yourself, man. I play those guys too much. Yeah, why are you telling the media? Why don't you tell the assistant coaches? Or like, I just don't understand why you need to tell the media that you played them too much. Like, all you're doing is just giving people a reason to argue against. Yeah, and you. now idiots like us are yeah. are bashing Mike Babcock, right? Because of something that he probably could have just not said, and no one would have acknowledged. No one would have said you played the first line too much. Anyway, they probably like, would have praised him because, hey, wow, the first line actually got played. Yeah, he made an adjustment. Wow. That's, in- that's how I would be. And he kind of just he kind of just threw that out the window, which is, uh, man, it's, it's entertaining, uh, if anything else. Yeah. 
Mike Babcock, the man, the myth, <laughs> the legend in Toronto. But now he's going to have to make some changes as Mitch Marner is out for a minimum of four weeks with a high ankle sprain. And when it happened, Zach, I'm not sure if you're watching the game, but when it happened, it almost looked like his like his skate was broken. It didn't really necessarily look like he had sprained his or had gotten a high ankle sprain. But then you see him, and he's like he's screaming out. He can't even get up. It looked bad, and four weeks, you know, that was the fear for Leafs fans. And now it's grim times for sure. Yeah, four weeks minimum. I think minimum is the key word that should scare Leaf fans because with a high ankle sprain, basically when you get one of those, you lose all strength in your muscles from the ankle down and thus it's almost worse than a broken bone as you have to rebuild all those muscles whilst being in a boot and on crutches. So it's it's a tough situation. And again, you hate to see it. It was a weird situation off the opening draw. I believe it was the second second period against Philadelphia where it all happened. And again, like I said, you hate to see it. And you hope Marta can have a speedy recovery. Well, now um, Babcock has to play Spezza. Yep, Spezza gets Jason to stick Spezza. around. Jason Spezza, he's going to get the call tonight. Spezza, you're going to go down the fourth line, you're going to grind it out, and pucks in deep, and that's about it. All right, you're going to have quick shift. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but the point of the matter is, like, he's, Spezza, Spezza's eyes, like, probably, like, blew up when he saw Marner, like, flipping around out there on the ice like a freaking walrus. He was like, oh, my God, his ankle is broken. My opportunity is here. Yo, I get a month left of my career in the NHL. Yes! Let's go. Babcock hasn't completely benched me yet i finally have one more shot don't you find it weird how babcock uh he just doesn't like spezza for whatever reason he healthy (laughs) scratched him a lot um to be fair he is old and a lot of his skills are declining but he puts him on the second power play unit (laughs) can you explain that to me jackson no i can you explain that to me right now well you know what spezza you know he's he's a grinder he'll do what he needs to do to get the puck out and in front of it no i have no (laughs) idea dude i have no idea was i think Spezza, he, he has like a he has a resume, right? Like he's he's been there, done that. He's scored seventy points in the league. He's been, you know, counted on as one of the top point scorers, as a top goal scorer in this league for the Senators for a long time. And he went to Dallas, and that's where he kind of flamed out. But I think what Babcock is trying to do, he's putting Spezza on the second power play with a lot of skill guys and saying, okay, you didn't lose your brain yet, did you? You can go to the right <laughs> the spots. The IQ is still there. Exactly. And now that you're playing with some really skilled and fast and, and ultra-talented players, all you got to do is get in the right position and they'll find you. And I think that's probably the conversation you have with him. But it could be, and I'm going to play devil's advocate here and actually defend Babcock on this show, which doesn't happen often. It could be perhaps Spezza isn't really doing what Babcock envisioned. Could that be it? He's just not, he's not doing what... Babcock slash Dubis slash Shanahan envisioned when they brought him in this summer. Like, that is possible, right? And so now he's saying, okay, you're not doing what I'm telling you to do, so you're sitting on the bench until there's an injury. And I wonder, like, where does Nick Batan slide in now, right? Where does Tim... Like, the lines are going to get really jumbled here. Yeah, you know, guys are going on waivers left, right, and center. Like, is Mikhail coming up? No one knows what's happening with the bottom six on the lease, which keeps it... Kind of interesting, but yeah, Marner out four weeks. Spezza gets to keep his spot on the roster for a little while longer as we pan over now to the power rankings. Jackson, uh, I'm going to start it off. Top three. I'm going to see if you agree with the top three. Uh, Number one, Washington Capitals. I would agree with that. Number two, St. Louis Blues. And number three, the Boston Bruins. Can't argue there. I don't think you can argue it. 
I can. I'm gonna keep listing them. Uh-huh. It might be very boring for a couple seconds, but then we can decipher. Yeah. Where do you think teams are rated too low, too high? Okay. Number four, New York Islanders. Number five, Colorado Avalanche. Six, Edmonton. Seven, Nashville. Eight, Montreal. Nine, Pittsburgh. And to round out the top ten, the Calgary Flames. No real surprises. I wonder Montreal ahead of Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't. I think they're just on a bit of a hot streak, which yeah. is why they are a little higher than you would anticipate. And even Colorado, well, I guess Colorado's really good, but I don't know. It's like, tough. Power rankings are very tough to decipher because basically yeah. it's a lot of opinions bashing against each other, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden this list just gets crapped out at the end, which uh, yeah. people therefore start to argue about it. And it's still so early on. Like Most teams have very similar records at this point. Like I'm looking at, okay, from about... From 11 through 16, there's a win differential of two. Like, the, the difference between wins is 10 tough, to 8. It's tough to say, yeah. So and, it's like... And Tampa Bay Lightning is ranked 13th. Lucky number 13. That's yeah. definitely not going to stick no. around for much longer. And Leafs are 12th, and it's mainly because of their weak power play right now. Uh, and also that, you know, they they kind of flamed out this weekend. They only got one point. Uh, but... Uh, you know, at 12, I think it's fair for them, and they'll probably... Again, the power rankings are crazy, right? Uh, who is last? Let's see. <laughs> oh, the loss... Or no, the Detroit Red Wings. Mm. They're tanking. I'm not surprised. Like, they're not yeah. tanking, but they're rebuilding. Kings are 30th, and Zach, I didn't have to go on Aiden and Connor's no. show. I didn't have to do it because the Leafs did win. It wasn't perfect, but it was a little more gritty, and I kind of was digging it. I think I think the Leafs outplayed them from start to finish. I think that yeah, was too. a game where the score does not reflect the game that the teams played. Well, and I think Babcock probably, like, he probably dropped the hammer and said, boys, like, we need this one, all right? I'm not messing around this time. Like, we need it. So, so I think from that perspective, I think that, you know, Babcock or the Leafs in general played a much more physical style because I think they knew they had to because the Kings are more of a physical team. They're, they have veteran who, presences out there. Yeah, who are really slow. So the it's like for the Leafs, it's like, hey, you can use your speed, but you also have to counter their physical presence as well, which they did. And they, you know, they played a fine game and ultimately they got the two points. So I'm not going to get angry about it. And I don't have to join Leafs Twitter and, and start hashtag Fire Babcock yet. I'm telling you, man, you're that there. might be soon for me. Might be soon. We'll have to see. We'll see. We'll see how the next week goes. I'll come back next week, Monday at five, as always, on mm-hmm. Spirit Live. And 510. If uh, primetime radio, that's it. But, uh, if the Leafs and the and Mike Babcock have more storylines coming out, I might just have to fully convert myself to Leafs Twitter. Well, this is the Finch and the Pharaoh on Spirit Live, live streaming on Spirit Live audio, webcast, and on Twitter at JF12171. Uh, that's a mouthful, I know. Just look up Jackson uh, Pharaoh, and you can just go on my Twitter, click the link, and boom, live stream. Also, Zachary. Yes, Zachary Finch. What's your handle? I think it's, uh, honestly, I don't even know. I think it's Zach Finch 93 uh, It should be around there. Yeah. It's also up there and if you want to And he shared it as well. Live stream. So either way, get your hands on that if you want to see our faces. I've been trying to like switch the cameras around and stuff. It's it's tough. You, yeah. need, you, need all, you almost need a third person to come in and to do that. Well, yeah, we got we a lot We need producer Jamie. Yeah, we need like yeah. Joe, Joe Rogan type beat. Pull that, you know what, up, Jamie. Yeah, pull <laughs> that up. That's awesome. No, but... Um, 
if you listen, if you if you're like a, a radio person, you want to see kind of the behind the scenes of the Spirit Live Studio. Like the shot we have right now shows everything. So yeah. got, if that's something you, you want to do, we got the board right here. This fancy little board, all our yeah. levels, all our V mix, the whole deal, which doesn't work. Doesn't work. Um, <laughs> but now shifting to the NFL here. Yes. Uh, it was a busy NFL Sunday as always. Uh, the Browns beat the Bills. Baker Showtime Mayfield <laughs> steps uh, up. I don't think Baker Showtime <laughs> just quite yet, but he beat the Bills, which I guess means something this year. Usually when you beat the Bills, you don't think anything good. of it, but hey, mm-hmm. uh, you take him where you can get him. The ba- uh not the Bengals, the Browns come out on top by three points, 19-16 the final. Another game I want to look at, Jackson, is... The Falcons and the Saints. The Falcons come away 26-9 to after New Orleans comes off a bye week and New Orleans is playing at home at the Superdome. And they have Breeze healthy. And back. Yeah. There is no reason why New Orleans should have lost, but at the end of the day, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and company and were able to scrape out a win. The Falcons were on a six-game losing streak. Yeah, dude. They were 1-7 and seven going into this. Right. Oh, my. It was a game that you... <laughs> You don't want to see if you're a Saints fan, especially when, you know, it's an it's an easy it should be an easy dub. I guarantee you, Jackson, I guarantee you so many people were eliminated from those suicide those, pools. The survivor pools. I guarantee you. Yeah, those suicide survivor pools. I bet you so many people picked the Saints, and I bet you yeah. there's a lot of sad faces this Monday. Well, yeah, you'd be hammering the Saints in this one. hundred percent. This be okay, the Saints this week. Falcons are on a six game slide. They're heading into in New Orleans. New Orleans is starting to get back on the groove after a bye with Drew Brees back and healthy and ready to go. Like, wow, that is no that that's shocking for sure. Definitely. Um also the Ravens just pulled apart the Bengals. If you're a Bengals fan, like What are you doing, man? Gotta find a new team. Lamar I think. Jackson had that filthy spin move. And that, that was one rush. It got like what it was like a forty six yard touchdown rush. Comes down, gets the first down, and there's three guys on whoop, spin, gone. Now, I think one thing, just going back to the Saints really quick, that should be noted is that a lot of their competition, um, like Carolina, like a divisional competition, they lost, the Rams lost, the Cowboys lost. So in terms of the wild card slash divisional playoff race, like not a lot changed. It's okay. Now, a win would have really helped them, and we'll see tonight between Seattle and San Fran. That's going to be a phenomenal Yeah, we'll see if game. San Francisco can remain the only undefeated team in the league going up against... Russell Wilson, who is being eyed down for MVP this year so far. Yeah, well, it's probably him, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, right? Those are probably, I'd say if Mahomes didn't get hurt, he'd be in there too. But I think that's probably a a decent one, two, three, right? Yeah, 100%. Uh, There's definitely a lot of candidates this year. And Mm -hmm. going back to the out-of-town scoreboard, Mm -hmm. another battle in New York occurred this past weekend yes. the Jets taking on the Giants I don't know who is the home team I want to say it was the Jets but I could be totally wrong I think it was the Jets I think it was the Jets too and the Jets end up coming out on top 34 to 27 nothing like being a New York football fan right now two garbage teams going at it and the Jets come out on top and Le'Veon Bell gets a touchdown for the first time and I don't know how many games he's had he's had a lot of opportunities to get yards he hasn't had the opportunity to get touchdowns, and he did just that against the Giants. Yeah, it took him long enough. Yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting, the battle in New York, because both teams are kind of in similar positions. right? They've both kind of been at the top of the draft the last couple of years. Some young pieces in place. I like the Giants' young pieces more than I like the Jets, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I think they like the Giants probably have the best running back of the future in Saquon Barkley. Yep. And yeah, an interesting like quarterback, too. yeah. And 
uh, who is it? Uh, Engram, Evan Engram. He's yep. nice too. So like, New York, the New York football rivalry should get exciting in a couple of years, and you'd like it too because it's good for the NFL when the, both the New York yeah. teams are when, on. When MetLife Stadium's going off, it's a good time. Absolutely, it's the it's the mecca of most sports, and the Giants and the Jets are both iconic franchises in the NFL, whether you like it or not. And I don't really like either franchise because I'm not a huge fan of New York sports, but it's certainly. Uh, it's something to keep an eye on, and hey, the Jets won this battle. We'll see if the Giants can, you know, that that's probably when they'll rally around. I think a young team losing to their own a, a team in their own city, right? Yeah. I think that one gets them going. It, it's tough too. But, but Seattle, uh, San Fran tonight. That I, I is cannot wait. It's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be a good game. It uh, massive. I only I'm only gonna watch the first 45 minutes because we got our uh, our boy Kawhi coming on mm-hmm. afterwards, but. Might might have to be some split screen action tonight, because there's stuff going around every league tonight. Uh, and yeah. looking ahead, even yeah. the Thursday nighter for Week Eleven, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. It's a pretty good matchup, if you ask me. You not know, bad. Cle- Cleveland is one of those teams that if they're on TV, you're not going to say no to watching them. Yeah, the like Cleveland Browns are good. They're electric. There's drama. Yes. Right. There's something. It's theater. It's like, oh, let's see what's going on there. Especially with the return of Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. Last, he looked uh, last he, game. He looked pretty good. He looked in shape, which is what the biggest concern I think for Kareem Hunt was whether or not you know coming back with with oh, missing a lot of time. How's he going to be? You know, is he going to be out of shape? Is he going to be ready to go? Is he going to hit the ground running? Because you come back in what week nine, week ten, whatever it is now of the NFL season, like guys are in a rhythm now, right? Yeah. So you've got to catch up to it. And I think Kareem Hunt looked good yesterday. I don't know whether that was just... It is week 10, by the way. I don't know if it was just adrenaline or, or what. We'll see if he can keep it up. But definitely another weapon for uh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and uh, Hunt said that he was good physically. The hardest part for him was the mental aspect of it all, being out of compete mode for so long. And, you know, clearly it... He got the better of his own mind, and he was able to go out there and perform him alongside Chubb. It's going to be quite the dual threat in the future if they can get their chemistry clicking. But yes, to kick off Week 11, it will be the Browns and the Steelers. Should be interesting, and uh, if anything interesting happens, we'll have it right here on the Finch and the Pharaoh next Monday at 5 on Spirit Live. That's right. I'd say another matchup, just quickly before we yeah. move on. I'd say Bears-Rams could be interesting. Playoff implications on that. Now that we're getting into the week, you know, 10, 11, 12, it's getting to playoff time or playoff, um, you know, hunt time, which is always exciting in the NFL. Yes. There's nothing better than that in terms of storylines. Speaking of storylines, Ryerson Rams recap. Here we go. If, if, there you go. Can you hear it? Yep. Is it good? I, All I right. My headphones are work, aren't working. So, uh, Jackson, I would like you to take control of the board, please. But sure, yes, yeah. the Ryerson Rams recap. Uh, to kick things off, we have nothing like a bit of men's hockey. They won at Nipissing and they won at Queens. So two big wins for the team there. They will play a doubleheader versus Lakehead this weekend. Well, when it comes down to women's hockey, they got a couple wins over the weekend. Queens and Ontario Tech. Where is? Do you know what Ontario Tech even? No. Um... I always thought that was called like U-O-I-T, like the Institute. That's that's too many uh, letters for me. I can't really comprehend that. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. So Ontario Tech, uh, whatever they are, no disrespect to them, beat them. And they're going to play Laurentian and 
Nipissing this weekend. Nipissing, what a name that is. And Nip. transitioning over to <laughs> basketball, the men's team uh, was in action this past week. They beat Windsor on Friday, uh, keeping that good record intact, and they will continue their campaign against York, which will carry on this Saturday. And uh, to continue that uh, stream, women's basketball, they beat Windsor on Friday and will also play York on Saturday. So uh, the two basketball teams copying each other this week. Yeah, literally going tit for tat, which good for them. Uh, should be exciting to see what they do down the stretch. Uh, heading over to volleyball. Well, men's volleyball, they lost at Guelph and it wasn't pretty, 3 nothing. but they beat Waterloo over the weekend, three sets to two, and they're going to play RMC, the Royal Military College of Canada, on Friday. Happy Remembrance Day, by the way. And yes, to wrap it all up, women's volleyball beat Guelph and Waterloo on the road. So two big wins there. Uh, they won both those games three sets to two, and they will also play RMC on Friday. We talked about it last week. RMC, always a fun team to watch in any sport because nothing like a bunch of, you know, Athletes, you'd, I guess you'd say, being in the military yeah. and all, just just rolling through, and you, it really tests the team's grit every single time, and it's quite the show to watch. Big physical grinders, right? Because you know they're training hard. They're, you know, they're just a bunch of gritty machines, and you love to see it. You it's, love to see it's, it. It's it's great content. At all the end respect of the day. in the world tonight. All the, all the respect in the world. Uh, anyone at Ryerson. When RMC comes to the Madame Athletic Center, it is must-see sports. Yes. Any sport, RMC always puts up a good fight. And if not a good fight, they at least you know, throw the body around and get uh, very physical, which, hey, like we said before, fighting in, in hockey and just violence in other sports, it's a dying aspect of the game. It is, and in university hockey, like there is none of it, right? They don't allow it. And some guys are wearing cages and whatnot. So it's it's really limited in terms of that, but you still get some big hits. Yeah, it's, right? re it's refreshing, honestly. Absolutely. Well, that has been the Ryerson Rams recap. Obviously a busy week, as always, in the world of Ryerson athletics. And it should be interesting to see uh, how these teams continue. Like, a lot of intrigue this year with a lot of these teams. Um, but just quickly, speaking of college sports, Zach, LSU and Alabama played on Saturday. I watched the entire game. I'm a huge—I've gotten really into college football— Oh my goodness, the Denver Broncos need to tank for Joe Burrow, not no. Tua. You're, you're off the Tua boat. Now, was it? Is it? It's it's bomb for yeah, blow it, for Burrow. Bomb, yeah, is it, uh, I don't know. Like, what, what are we what are we allowed to say? Is there a PG version and a rated R version? Who knows? But yes, uh, LSU with the huge upset. Uh, I want to say huge upset because it was uh well they, it, yeah it, it was kind of like angled as you know the the battle of the beasts. Yeah, like these are probably the. I wouldn't say the two best teams in college football because I think Ohio State is really, 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 really good. I mean, they put up 72 points on Maryland this past weekend. Yeah, and they're the real deal. They have a couple of Heisman candidates around the field. But, like, now you're looking at, like, Alabama made a lot of mistakes. Like, that Nick Saban's known for his good defense didn't really deliver. If you're an Alabama fan, you are fuming because it's just it's something you're not used to. Like, you, Alabama always beats LSU. Or not always, but they always win games like big primetime games like this because of the fact that they show up and their defense always pulls through because Saban is so smart and right? he's like Belichick. Yep. And LSU, specifically Joe Burrow and uh, Edwards Alaire, their running back, phenomenal. They should, they're both going to be first rounders. And you talk about beating Alabama, like they, they also beat them on the road mm -hmm. in Alabama where 
man, that stadium was absolutely rocking. Over 100,000 people in attendance Nuts. to watch that game. Those aren't Ryerson numbers. The, that is NCAA numbers right there. And uh, quite the game, quite the quarterback matchup. Potentially number one and two in the draft, depending on what teams yeah. are looking for. And, yeah, I think Tua might have slipped a little bit in this game mm -hmm. in terms of the draft rankings. Yeah, I think so. And he's got an ankle injury, and he came back from it. He didn't look very. He didn't look great in this game, I'll I, be honest with you. You know, I think he was rushed back in because of the spectacle, Absolutely. which was LSU versus Alabama. But you could tell he had his foot wrapped up a little bit before the game. Uh -huh. um, little tender on it. And LSU, hey— Right off, the, right off the gate, uh, their coach told them, make the quarterback move. And you could see it. Mm -hmm. There was pressure on Tua all the time. He was running outside the pocket. He was getting hit. And at the end of the day, when, you, when that much physicality is taken on your body, sometimes you can't keep up come the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. And, and then you look at the, the first drive of the game when Tua was rolling out, and he, he's rushing, and he just fumbles the ball. No one hit him. He just he squeezed yeah, the ball. Yeah, that was somewhere. a weird play. It just kind of fell out of his arm. And that's where I think the rust, right? And I think him not be practicing and playing and probably a little bit nervous and also trying to test out that ankle and prove that the ankle's fine. I think he just forced it too much and it was kind of funny to see the ball just pop. Like it, it popped out. Yeah. Like it was funny to see. Um but overall, I mean a great uh certainly a great weekend of sports and another good night tonight. We've got Monday night football. We've got um, the Mighty Drunks are playing. Yes, sir. Ryerson's and best Division B <laughs> intramural team. 5-0 if I uh, yeah, there you go. Like a, little, a little humble brag there. but Maybe 6-0 after tonight. Maybe. Also, of course, Raptors Clippers. Hockey is going on as always. Uh, baseball free agency is dead as always. But for me, I got two games tonight. I got Raptors Clippers number one and Seahawks 49ers number two. NFC West battle. Whoever wins that game probably wins the NFC West and gives themselves a guaranteed playoff spot. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in to the Finch and the Pharaoh. Uh, check us out on Spotify. Uh, Android podcast, basically anywhere you get your podcast, minus Apple podcast, because they haven't accepted us yet. But anyway, we will be right here next Monday at 5. You've been listening to The Finch and the Pharaoh for Jackson Pharaoh and myself. Have a good night, and we will see you next week.